I'm delighted to be here today with Antonio Calzada, Executive Managing Director and Vice President of Fundacion Repsol, where he's responsible for organizing and coordinating projects that carry out Repsol's commitment to corporate social responsibility. A native of Portugal, he started his career at Exxon before joining Repsol, where he held a variety of roles, including as member of the Downstream Executive Committee, CEO of Repsol Commercial, and chairman of Repsol Portugal. Antonio, welcome to IMD. Thank you very much, Sophie. It's a great pleasure and it's an honor for me uh, to, uh, to be here today in this, in this interview. I'm very grateful for your time. I have two sets of questions to discuss today and I hope we can have a lively and provocative uh, conversation. So my first question concerns the role of corporations um, and their setting up of separate foundations. There, these foundations are becoming an increasingly um, visible and important vehicle for philanthropic activities of corporations. Why do you think an increasing number of multinational companies are establishing foundations? Well, I think this is a very good question, Sophie, although this, um, and this is not, that is not a, a clear uh, answer for that, but I think that basically there are two main reasons. The first, the first one is that um, most of the corporations, um, they are realizing that we need to create more engagement, okay, and more commitment of the people regarding uh, social impact and social activities. So I think now, uh, for, 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 for one reason, I think this is much more about a trend also, okay, an internal trend. You need to feel that uh, your uh, people uh, is more and more engaged and committed with um, social um, <clears throat> uh, aspects of the activity of the companies. This is the first thing. And the, the second one, I think, is more also to make more clear, make more clear that you have a, a focus on social activities. And this is not just, you know, um, a mother of uh, corporate social responsibility or um, uh, aspects of ESG compliance. Okay, so um, yeah, uh, let us see that uh, making uh, this a bit more separate, it's going to be to be more visible on one side and secondly because this um, um, has a potential to create more commitment and more engagement of your people. For me these are basically the two reasons. Having said that I don't think um, this is, um, uh, I, I'm not necessarily in agreement with that. I mean, I, I think that the, um, the main purpose is to, to put the things together, okay? It's not because you need to give more visibility that you need to create a foundation. I mean, I think that... Uh, the, the, the story, when you look for the story of the, the philanthropy activity along 50 or 100 years, you can see there is a movement and this is part of this trend line, which is uh, philanthropy uh, as, uh, as it was in the past, then a movement to the venture philanthropy. I mean, um, Muhammad Yunus philosophy and venture philanthropy, and then the financial world coming to this and this impact investing, which I'm very critical about the, 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 the 
the the the theme, which is uh, impact investing. I think if you if you are creating a very good investment, doesn't matter if it's a very good investment that is coping with economic sustainability, impact sustainability, environment sustainability, it will create impact. So I do not think there is a good investment and impact investing. I mean, both can converge and we may be talking about the same thing. But basically the reasons why the companies are doing this, I think is about the commitment and engagement from one side. And the second one is about focus uh, because uh, companies are realizing that you need now more than ever, you need to demonstrate that you are not, this is not some sort of, is not social washing or green washing or people washing whatsoever. Very interesting. Thank you, Antonio. Um, indeed, I really appreciate your point about this idea of uh, commitment on one end and um, visibility on the other end. And actually, you touched uh, on uh, my next question with your last uh, comment, which is sometimes corporations get bad reputation um, in the sense of relegating their positive impact activities to the activities of the foundation uh, while you know, um, doing business as usual in the main corporation. And so maybe you can elaborate a little bit on, on um, what you think of these claims, especially as you're, you're very uh, avant-garde in, in your view of reconciling everything, you know, maybe within one entity. So what do you say to these claims about the bad reputation and the separation of impact in business? Well, first of all, let us recognize that uh, some of those claims are um, they have uh, uh, they are partially partially true, okay? Uh, and uh, and basically, this is not because of any bad intention from any uh, corporation. I mean, this is not about that. I mean, this is basically, uh, according to my experience, is also because of lack of focus. I mean, when uh, when uh, when the, sometimes the um, uh, you. you hear that, um, it creates a bit of confusion. But basically what I think that has been happening in the past, and this has, that, that is something which I believe that is in a process of transform transformation regarding the future, is much more about that when you have a mainstream of certain types of business, okay, uh, you just you keep going, you know, in, in these directions. And sometimes what is happening is that all the uh, social aspects which most of times, sometimes you are you are doing lots of social um, uh, impact, and you are not even uh, recognizing or demonstrate to the society that you are doing all of this social impact. Okay, so now I think this bad reputation. I think that I mean it's a bit. Um, um, that are this is maybe partially true, but I think the the the, the big challenge right now is to um, to to make this this um, this uh, conversion. We need to converge on this, and I think that um, um, with the um, with the um, ESG policies, with the. Uh, <clears throat> With the objectives of uh, sustainability, um, with the internal policies of the companies, um, now I think this uh, is is being progressively um, um, getting better. Uh, I think that uh, regarding the future, we will see um, less complaints against these, um, say, um, uh, social washing or or things like that. 
I believe, I believe that in the past, probably in the past, and let us just let us go back 10, 15, 20 years ago, no more than that, okay? You could see that the, the corporate social responsibility probably, probably was just highlighting some of the things which was probably, you know, just uh, um, uh, backing up some image objectives, all right? And now I, I think, because we, we are living here, this here in, in this company, and I'm seeing this in, 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 in the market, basically, and the, the things have been changing because now the, uh, the metrics to see and to validate that what you are doing um, uh, is or it's not. And I think this is now much more internalized um, in, in the companies. So, yeah, in some way, I believe this is a, this is um, is a criticism that is is there, okay? But uh, there there are lots of work that has been done on, on this, and I think that the this um, this journey from corporal social responsibility to uh, ESG targets um, is putting much more accountability in both sides. That means this is putting much more accountability on the mainstream of the businesses and it's putting more accountability on the social front of all of this because sometimes people tend to confuse and the people think that if you are in the mainstream of business, I mean, is 100% mainstream of business, social is a different thing, or if you are in the social side of the activity, you think that accountability is not a problem. And I'm totally against this concept. I think that you need to put accountability on the social and you need to put social on the mainstream of the businesses. I love that. Thank you so much. Um, I, I think it's really important to, uh, to think in terms of a trajectory, as you said, right? So 10, 15 years ago, thanks for giving us a time frame. Uh, we were talking about the first, you know, the first era of CSR, mostly as a, maybe as a marketing tool or, or making sure that the, um, the image of the corporation was, uh, was reflected appropriately with the stakeholders, right? Mostly intangible, let's say. Now we're in this second phase where we have better metrics. There is accountability, key word to the conversation today. And so um, as we try to, you know, we corporations uh, in general trying to, to have a positive impact on society, try to have better focus, uh, the work of impact has been structured as um, separately through the foundation that we're going to talk about today. What I wish to see in a, in a third phase is this integration that you talked about with better engagement of the, the social impact and the corporation and better engagement with perhaps the communities in which the corporations are embedded. And so um, leading with, with that, I wanted to ask how you see big corporations like Repsol manage the balance between making money for their shareholders today, there's also this time frame component, with also feeling responsible and accountable for the social and environmental costs that eventually corporations will have to internalize in the long term. How do you, how do you think about that and how do you act on that at Repsol? Look, uh, Sophie, it's a, it's a very, very good question. Thank you very much. Look, I think that um, the, the first answer to your question is that uh, besides the strategy or what is behind the strategy of a company and in our company. I mean, I don't think this is even, this is not even an option, okay? So, I mean, you have to 
you have to you have to make it um having said that i think that uh, as far as esg is concerned i think esg is no longer a compliance esg is business is about business okay so this already means that if it's about business, ESG, that means it has to be sustainable on the business front side, has to be sustainable on the social front side, and it has to be uh, sustainable on the environment front side. So having said that, um, there are three, four, maybe five things which I believe that uh, must be um, as the, 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 the backstage of all of that. The first one is that as a corporation, you need, to, you need to have a trust. You need to believe that you have to do it. Okay, so this is not, this part is not about management, it's about leadership. Okay, so you need to uh, have a deep trust on this. We have to do it and we will do it. Maybe we will have some fail failures and then we have to make some adjustments. We have to do it. This is the first thing. The second one, this must be um, yes or yes. You must, be, this must be inside your strategy, must be inside your strategy. Okay. The third one is that this has to be on the, the deployment of this strategy. That means when you are measuring the metrics of your mainstream businesses, of your main uh, deliveries in terms of the, the company, you need to measure also uh, very clearly what are the impacts that you are generating. This is the third thing. The fourth one is that you need to engage the company and the foundation, um, the business and the social, you need to, this has to be part of the main processes inside the company. That should affect talent and development of people. So that means you need to have the bright people, people that wants to go through a career, uh, can pass through your social part of the business or the foundation whatsoever. This is not because this is foundation or this is outside of a foundation. So you need to bring young blood, uh, young motivation, energy, young people, to the um, to the, uh, the 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 soul of the foundations. This is very very important. I mean, <clears throat> in this uh, foundation, for example, we um, we have made mobility in, internal mobility of seventy percent, seven zero percent in three years, and we we got down the average age of fifty five to forty two in three years. Okay, and we put the foundation in the same systems and the same development of careers uh, of the people uh, in the same office in the headquarters of the company and uh, trying to stick together with the all the the corporate policies, the corporate strategy, and even. The, the different uh, uh, business units of the company. So this is also something that then you need to, to make sure is that you are part uh, of the mainstream of your company. Okay, so this should not be an island. If you put all this activity with a foundation, without a foundation, I don't care. This is not the, the this is not the discussion. Foundation, not foundation. But if you put this activity or this foundation, um, in a sort of an island, you will behave like an offshore and they will be treating you as an offshore. So the, the thing is that you need to build up all these bridges and this has to be deeply connected, okay, with your company. 
I mean, this is very important when you have young people working in a foundation and you can, for example, um, give um, uh, opportunities in terms of career development. And these people, after passing the, the foundation, they, 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 they continue their career in the company, in other parts of the company, in other uh, business units or corporate, corporate units of, of the company. So I think that this is basically, uh, you need to put all these things part of same strategy, all the all the, the metrics and the delivery, the same systems, same policies, uh, because this is what will make you part of something much bigger. You will not be an exception, okay? You will not be just this uh, small part for a good photograph, for a good report, uh, um, for the yearly report, okay? <laughs> Um, Antonio, thank you so much for this uh, very interesting answer. I really appreciate the points you made about trust, aligning strategy and policies, and also coherence, and coherence for some of your employees who perhaps uh, will go from working in the foundation to working in the corporation, and the importance of having those integrated and aligned. Um, we've been talking about impact quite broadly so far, and, and now in my next question, I would like to zoom in on the amazing initiatives that you are conducting at Fondacion Repsol. Um, in particular, it seems to me that under your leadership, you have transformed the activities of the foundation from a pure philanthropic one to one that is really focused on investing in viable businesses that are targeted at having a positive societal impact. Can you tell us a bit more about that, trans that transformation and why that transformation? Well, yes. I mean, maybe it will take us just a little bit of time to, to explain, you know, in a, in a quite brief, in a quite brief uh, story. But yes, I mean, um, we are doing uh, um, lots of things uh, in terms of... Uh, um, um, impact investing. We are helping to scale up um, different uh, businesses in um, four vertical buildings or four lines of, uh, of business. Um, uh, first of all, we, um, we decide to make two things, just to try to make this uh, story brief. We try to, um, to um, develop a much more modern foundation, first, first of all. This was my primary concern. I mean, is uh, let us try to see what the modern foundation all over the world are doing and let us make this sort of benchmark. And I saw different things, not only in the um, corporate foundations in Europe, but also uh, Central Europe and in the United States. So this is something that this was not pure inspiration. I mean, I saw some good examples where I saw that there was a sort of a, a closing up between um, company, the mainstream of the company and the policies and the strategy of new foundations. So my primary um, objective was let us try to uh, transform and to make this foundation much more modern. The f this was the first one. The second one, I, I had this clear in my mind since the very first minute, is that uh, I, because I was coming from the mainstream of the businesses, so I thought and I had the feeling and I had the trust that um, there is no uh, other option than to uh, bring the, the, the activity of the foundation um, 
close and close and closer of the uh, mainstream of the corporation and his businesses. Okay, so we need to share strategy and we need to be part of the same strategy. And because of that, and because my company has been leading um, a good storyline in terms of energy transition, we have been the first company um, all over the world to make this claim that we're going to be net zero in 2050, but not only, as you know, as a major um, uh, long-term strategy. We have um, set a roadmap to be net zero in 2050 with the targets, very clear targets on the 2025, 2030, 35, 40 and so on. So um, my idea was let us try that our activity should be aligned with the company strategy, which is energy transition and society. Okay, so uh, we are doing here to develop activities on the social front, but we need to be aware and very conscious that our company um, is about the energy transition and climate change. So you need to put these two things together, first, first thing. So then after that, we decide what vertical buildings we should be working with. And the first one was um, re emissions reduction, activity reforestation. Reforestation because we want to recover uh, forest masses uh, to uh, regenerate biodiversity. But at the same time, we are looking for another, uh, another possibility, another potential of uh, uh, compensate carbon footprint. And this will be part of the uh, future uh, carbon trading because th this, this is something that is here. It's here and it will be here for the next 100 years or more. So the, the first vertical building was um, um, emissions reduction and we jump into this uh, new sector, let's put in, put in this way. The second one was about uh, sustainable mobility uh, with the last mile delivery of packaging with vulnerable people, which is something that is also very much related with the problem that all our big urban um, systems have um, and uh, this also uh, was in alignment with the company that we have a strong strategy in mobility. So we want to create this vertical building, building about uh, delivery of packaging, I mean sustainable mobility uh, in delivering packaging in the center of the cities. The third one is about circular economy. So we we enter into industrial um, 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 activities uh, to um, make the recovery of uh, um, electronic and electrical devices because everybody's talking about the the uh, the uh, circular economy equal to plastic and I say <laughs> circular economy is about is equal to plastics plus digital plus electronic plus electrical stuffs. So um, we made a new call with a company here in Spain, which is a big social group, and this is the third vertical building. And the fourth one is about energy efficiency, where we have two companies participated. So right now we have five investees, companies, five investees, and um, the first one, for example, in terms of the um, uh, reforestation activity, um, this is a company that uh, has multiplied its value 33 times in three years okay so uh, 33 times in three years and we are now making big big scale projects of reforestation in Spain we are now starting in Portugal and this is part of something that is deeply absolutely this is new economy 
full ESG, new economy, low carbon, full ESG, strong impact, because we are developing new forest masses, we are re regenerating uh, nature, um, new um, forests, but at the same time, we are creating local economy, uh, very much local economy, and we are giving training and employment for thousands of people, okay? So this is pure uh, ESG in terms of sustainable on the economic side, because it's very much sustainable, is very much sustainable on the social front and environment for sure. So I think th this is an example, okay? But, so this is as far as the social impact activity. I mean, in terms of new companies, we are helping them as we are working as we as if we were an asset management in terms of trying, you know, to see the business plans and the delivery and the accountability. So we, we are helping these um, younger companies a bit of a startup format, we are trying them to go through this scaling up business. So some of them are doing, some of them have more difficulties, but this is about business as the other day-to-day -day business, okay? So this is first one. The second one is that we created a very strong platform about is a, a sort of a think tank, a big think tank on energy transition and knowledge about energy transition. And this is a digital platform called Open Room. In Open Room, we have more than 20,000 people more than 20,000 people registered. And here this is multi-format for multi-stakeholder that we are trying to launch. We are now, uh, we are doing something like 50 or 60 events a year, uh, physical, digital, hybrid, depends. But this is a very, very good platform that it's basically to, um, um, to launch to the society more knowledge about the energy transition. We are not in here to uh, deliver the Repsol message we are basically because the, the the name of open room is exactly this one we want to put this uh, very open to the society to see that the uh, the political side the, uh, the 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 business side uh, the academic side they should uh, find in this uh, digital platform a way to send messages clear messages rigorous scientific messages to the society so this is open room um, below Open Room, we have a network of shares with different universities. We have now five university chairs. One is basically related with the carbon capture with the uh, university in Barcelona. The second one is about uh, advanced and sustainable mobility with uh, the, the Polytechnic of Madrid. Then we have the carbonization of industry with the uh, ICAE, which is a very uh, um, uh, reputable company. Uh, university in Spain. Then we have an hydrogen share uh, with the Navarra, Pamplona. And then we have circular economy with Basque Country. And next month we will launch the sixth university share in Lisbon and it's about decarbonization of cities. Okay, so these are a network of university shares where we basically we want three things. The first one 
each of these university shares, they should see what is the benchmark, the status of the art in terms of every one of these single technologies. The status of the art is not to invent the wheel again, it's just to see where is the status of the art on a worldwide basis. The second one is that we are looking for these university shares to get the microphone and to connect with the society. So, I mean, we want something, you know, uh, in and out. And this is very important because we expect that the academy needs to say what is clear to say on the scientific, on the technology front, not on the political uh, side. Okay, so this, this is the uh, university network of shares. And below that, we have another platform, which is called Repsol Zinkers with Z. It's not Repsol Thinkers with T, it's Repsol Zinkers with Z. And this is basically a digital platform to teach um, energy transition and climate change to the basic schools. Right now, with this uh, digital platform, we have almost 3,500 schools in Spain, which is 14% market share, in which 80% are public schools. And what we are doing there is that there is a very strong program that you can, this is to teach energy transition and climate change to everybody on the, for the younger people. Okay, so our objective here is to have something very structured, okay, where every teacher in every school in Spain, if they want to teach energy transition and climate change, everything is there. So you can decide if you want to talk about renewables, if you want to talk about uh, conventional fuels, nuclear, hydrogen, whatsoever is there. But on top of that is aligned with the official programs in Spain, which is also very uh, interesting, mean and a good help for most of the public schools where basically they do not have means to do that, okay? So this is Repsol Zinkers. And I think that when you put all these things together, I mean, from one side is our focus and ambition and decision to go through this uh, new economy, low carbon, full ESG with strong social impact, which is Repsol Social Impact with, uh, with these five uh, small companies that are investees by ourselves. And then on top of that, you have this big think tank with the open room, the, the network of shares and, and the uh, Repsol Zinkers as a basic program. All of that plus our social project, which basically we are trying with all of that, we are trying to engage also the thousands of Repsol employees in order to engage them to uh, volunteering activities, which I think that if you ask me what could be the ambition in that part, I would say that one employee equal to one volunteer, okay? But at the end of, yeah, and then from 3,000 volunteers, which is basically what we have right now, we should have in the future 25,000 volunteers. But having said that, I don't think the, 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 the question and the issue is not to have 25,000 volunteers. The thing is that the volunteers should be part of the things that you are doing. I mean, this is not something that you should do, you know, for a good selfie to, to hang in Instagram. This is something that should be part of your day-to-day -day business. This should be part of your normal day of business, which is basically the ESG activity, the mainstream of the businesses, the social part of the business, they should be put together. So they should... Um, live together. This is, this is a bit of my point.
we know that entrepreneurs are an important driver of change. Can you tell me a bit more about the Entrepreneurs Fund of Repsol Foundation? The Entrepreneurs Fund of Repsol is uh, it's an activity that uh, has been driving along these last uh, 10, 11 years. And uh, what we are doing here is that um, um, we are launching every year a sort of a call to see where are uh, startups on energy transition that are uh, available and ready for, you know, for acceleration and, um, and for scaling up. So uh, we are touching areas of uh, uh, hydrogen, uh, circular economy, um, electrical mobility, etc., decarbonization, etc. And uh, the thing is that with this Entrepreneurs Fund, uh, we, uh, with these 10 years, uh, we have, I would say, a very mm, positive tracking record because we have accelerated something around 70, 70 startups. These 70 startups, when they um, um, went to the market uh, looking for fund for funding, they got more than 450 million euros. And the important thing here is that approximately uh, 80% of all of these startups um, they um, they are alive. Which is very, uh, which is very interesting because when you look for acceleration of startups, normally this dead valley, okay, uh, ends up with five percent or ten percent. And why we are doing this? When we are doing this, because we have um, a, a big team of mentors, which is basically people that has been working Repsol uh, in some years ago. Now they are pre-retired or even retired people, very much experts in those in in. In, in his areas of refining uh, commercial operations, logistics, uh, technology, etc. So they are um, um, giving a part of their time um, with, with, with very rigid programs. They are uh, giving, um, you know, their time to helping and to support all these younger entrepreneurs. These plus the funds that we are giving because we are giving two years <clears throat> of uh, you know uh, free money to these uh, to these new startups uh, this at the end has been creating i would say a reasonable story of success around the entrepreneurs fund which is very much recognized on an international basis because in the, at least in energy in the energy industry the entrepreneurs fund of Repsol foundation has been creating some brand I'm really, really impressed by um, the depth and the alignment of your strategic thinking between what the foundation is doing and uh, what uh, the corporation is doing. Also, the depth of your impact, like the layers that you worked us through is, is, really, um, is really fascinating and I think quite, quite novel, innovative. So congratulations. I mean, this is, I really mean it. I, I think it's very impressive. Um, of course, you know, I'm touched by the fact that you're including academia and academic thinkers, thinkers, I shall say, you know, in, in this transformation and in this uh, um, impact um, activities that you're doing. You mentioned five investees, these companies. How do you select them? I mean, I got the point on the alignment. You made that very clear. But what are some of your selection criteria? And, and my, second, you know, my, my second question here would be, what are some of the metrics that you look at? 
for selection, but also for success. I think, you know, we're all around the world thinking about impact measurement and how to, you know, how to put figures that make sense. So what are some of your, um, of your learned experiences in that area of, of measuring success? Well, uh, it's, a, it's a very good question. Actually, Sophie, uh, we do not have the, um, uh, how do I say, we do not have the Coca-Cola formula for that, but uh, basically, basically... Share it. The, if you had, you should share it. Yeah, I know Coca-Cola yeah, recipe thing, yeah, is we, like... We, yeah, the, the, the first thing is that we, um, we, um, we are looking for, we are, we, are, we are doing a sort of a screening of uh, um, uh, small companies or startups. They should have... Um, and this is this is a criteria. This is go no go, pass or no pass. And this is about they have to be in one of these four vertical buildings. This has to be. This is a go no go. Okay. So there are some other fantastic sectors and areas of activity, but we are looking basically for. Uh, emissions reductions, sustainable mobility, circular economy, and energy efficiency has to be in one of these segments, let's put it this way. So this is the, the first thing. The second one for us is that um, uh, we are looking always for, and this makes this thing a bit more complex and difficult. And this, I'm, I'm telling this is, if there are people interested in make this journey, I, this is just a warning, okay? And that you need to be very conscious that it's going to be complex because you need to find small startups, younger companies, pre-commercial, commercial. This is not the big issue, um, but they have to um, show, present, and you need to find evidences that you have um, an economic potential to make this sustainable, but much bigger. I mean, I, I, I think uh, big companies must conduct and drive big businesses, big projects, okay? So you need to look for these small companies always having in your mind that you will scaling up this as much as you can, okay? On the economic side, okay? And it has to be sustainable. Don't make this a subventioned uh, business uh, after one, two or three years. So the first one. The second one, at the same time, it has to have social impact and social impact scale-up potential. That means when you are in reforestation, you can start having 150 people employee trained and employee to uh, plant the forests, to maintain the forest. But you have to keep in mind that your target is to have 10,000, not 1,000. 10,000 people, okay? If you are delivering packages in the center of the cities with vulnerable people, you start with 80 or with 100, which was our case, with 85 small micro hubs for these micro logistics. And then you need to go to 300, 500 micro hubs. And then you will have 1,000, 1,500 people trained and employed. This is social impact. It has to be at the same time, this is your second account. This is your second accounting accountability, and the third one, which is even a bit of a consequence of the first two, is the environment impact. So, if we have to put metrics on this, is very easy. It's like a normal business. This is about uh, sustainable euros. This is about uh, a sustainable number of employees. Okay. 
and this is about sustainable tons of CO2 recovered or uh, uh, that you are um, uh, changing these or because you are reducing or because you are compensating or you are simply avoiding these emissions. So this is about economy, this is about social, and this is about environment. And you need to put these three things together. So our criteria to select a company, okay, we are not going just, you know, looking a startup that, that is uh, very promising in terms of uh, scaling up, uh, increasing value, etc. It's a bit more complicated than that, but you can do it. I mean, the thing is that you need to be very strong, very strict uh, in the metrics of the old economy. I mean, you need the metrics of the old economy to, to, get, to, to grant, to guarantee that then if these things really scale up, um, you will have strong um, economic delivery to um, say, to refurnish to re retrofit, okay, the main purpose, okay. We are not developing these activities, you know, to um, to send the the dividends to our shareholders. This is basically is a bit, you know, just to um, retrofit the the main purpose. So the second criteria for me it's very important. It has to be these three angles, okay, to select the companies. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Thank you, thank you for that. And and uh, it seems like you know we may not have the uh, the recipe for the famous beverage, but it seems like uh, you have this recipe for impact on multiple fronts. Um, and in particular, you emphasize the scale element, right? Which we hear a lot as being important. Which of course makes sense because societal issues come at scale. We're many billion people on this planet, and there's a variety of issues, and including the 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 environment. Um, I'm wondering, um, since you've been giving that a lot of thought, if you had a message for other corporations and foundations, hopefully aligned in their strategies, to, um, to view the risk that is associated with investing in these companies, as you made clear, it's not for shareholder dividends. The purpose is different and yet aligned with the corporation strategy. Um, do you have a message for them to encourage them maybe to view the risk differently. I know of companies that don't enter that game, so to speak, because of the risk. And so what can we tell them? And I'm, and I'm asking that because I think the scale recipe, big companies have that, they have figured it out. So if we can scale the impact, they have a real big important role to play. So what can we share? What can you share from your experience with other corporations? Look, the first, the first thing, uh, Sophie, is that my message, okay? My first me message is, um, please don't panic, go ahead, okay? Don't panic, go ahead. Because um, sometimes, lots of times in our life, you know, uh, conducting businesses, managing businesses whatsoever, is that uh, there is some, something like this, there is no penalty for no decisions, okay? So my first message, message is please, no panic, go ahead. Um, the, 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 second, the second thing which, is I, which I believe it's very important is that when you keep this um, scaling up a bit separate from the mainstream, um, the first thing that you get is speed 
because you you get speed. I mean, uh, you get much more speed because you are not embedded in very long processes of decision making. Because sometimes, if you are dealing in a world of startups, younger companies, pre-commercial, just commercial, even sometimes they are not uh, um, Series A for investment. So I mean, they are in an, another in a different ecosystem. So they cannot resist the very long uh, decision timing process that you have in the big corporation. So then you have a certain reason and a certain number of arguments to keep this separate. So this is this is, this is the main thing. No. Then the, the thing of this risk or no risk, I think that the, the, to clarify what could be the, the risk and the solution to avoid or to mitigate this risk. I think that you, you need to look for the top down in terms of your own strategy. I mean, what is the purpose? What is the strategy? How is deployed? And what is the impact that you are creating? So I do not think that there should be any problem if you, uh, out of a foundation, are scaling up a company that is doing uh, fantastic activity, creating thousands of jobs, okay, creating local social impact uh, and uh, recovering nature. So I think that this is, uh, the, the, the thing is that uh, you need to keep very clear that you have um, a certain number of business lines in your company that they are basically with their strategy very much aligned, you know, for the for the shareholders, uh, for the dividends, etc. And you have the other part of the business which can be very much close. Yeah, and they, they are reinforcing the the major purpose of your company. Oh, the other thing is that if you are taking you know, dividends to, to spread out over your shareholders, but, but you do not have this thin line, this, say, red thin line, I think that we need to be flexible enough and to understand that there is a new world coming in. There is a new you know, mentality. Uh, ESG is clearly an evolution, a positive evolution of the former corporate social responsibility. ESG is no longer compliance. ESG is now much more about business. So if ESG is about business, the, the, the purpose of a foundation, the purpose of the company, they should be, they should be they should be stay close, maybe not absolutely, you know, mixed up. But then for that, I mean, you, you can clarify the things. And, and I do not see, I think that sometimes um, some of these uh, risks or so-called risks are more, are much more defensive arguments, in my viewpoint, are much more defensive arguments, in my viewpoint. Yeah, that's great. So leading, leading with purpose and, and having purpose as part of your strategy would help these leaders uh, think about ways in which they're allowed and they're allowing themselves as decision makers to actually take the risk to invest in those, uh, in those you know, high impact, high uh, scalability look, um, I, I think, I think, Sophie, look, just something that it, it just came to my mind. When you look, for example, I mean, sometimes we are much more um, um, uh, worried about the problem instead of thinking about the solution. When what could we think when the all the you know the the, the financial system is now much more close to everything related with social impact, with everything related with environment impact, and uh, there is no risk. I think there is a risk. 
But I think it's not to, to be more risky or not risky. Is that because you do not have other option? I mean, the, the world needs that we, we do this. You need to bring lots of financial support to the social activities and we need to put this together and join with environmental targets. And at the end, we will get a better world if we do those in this way. So I do not think that we should be here, you know, making big theories again in, in order of uh, too much risk or not too much risk. There is a main purpose. I think companies and society and the families and the citizens, we need to, uh, we need a better world. We need a better world, you know, with much more sustainability, not sustainability uh, in the paper, in the PowerPoint. I mean, we need sustainability in our real life. And this is about, you know, the things we are doing, the businesses we are conducting, the way we are behaving. So I, I, I think this is much more an opportunity, you know, uh, than, uh, than a weakness. <laughs> This is, this is great, yes, a license to play, a license to, to act, embracing the complexity, as you mentioned earlier, and acting together, building these coalitions of multiple stakeholders and together improving and making our world uh, better. Antonio, I mean, it's been, it's been a, a pleasure. You've covered uh, so much with your rich answers. Um, I want to give you a chance to add any, you know, any insights if you, if you have any. But otherwise, I've learned so much and I'm very grateful. And we are you know, collectively very grateful for the work that you're doing. And so keep leading uh, with that purpose. Thank you very much, Sophie. Thank you very much for, for the interview. And I, I hope that this can help people, all, all these people that may have some doubts about uh, go, no go. And my, my, my recommendation is please go, please fail. If you fail, you, you will learn. And if you learn, you will, you will, you, you will, you will learn and you will do better next time. So um, let's keep going. Yeah, be entrepreneurial together. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Antonio. Really thank you. appreciate it. Thank your you very time much for you all. Insights. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure.